What's up, guys? My name is Evan Duvall. This is Easy Does It. Thank you for joining us. What's up, guys? I sat down with Scott Newton today. Scott is a local photographer here in Austin, Texas for the last 44 years. Scott moved here in 1970 to eventually become a full-time photographer. Scott was in the middle of an era that really made Austin, Texas what it is today. He was able to shoot at the world-famous Armadillo World Headquarters, as well as names like Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Jerry Jeff Walker, Dolly Parton, the list goes on. It was an honor and a privilege to sit down with Scott and talk about what Austin is and how it became the city that it is today, and also our hopes and optimism that people will continue to create a place here that is inspiring, creative, and truly allows people to be themselves. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for tuning in. This is Easy Does It, episode 35 with Scott Newton. Well, it used to be. Now I've got it down to just pretty much musicians and then whatever I want to shoot, uh, which is for me. Uh, And um, it didn't always used to be that way. It used to be I had to work for whoever wanted to hire me and told me what to do. And, And as a result, I did more different things yeah and it was it's really the joy of being a photographer i started it uh, like 20 taught myself how once i started i just never done anything else it's yeah uh, uh it, it brings all different kinds of variety all different kinds of joy all different uh, kinds of people that you meet and, mm-hmm. and uh anyway so here i was in austin texas and uh 1973 decided i wanted to be a photographer and picked up i had a friend a musician he said if you want to be a photographer just say i'm a photographer and quit everything else yeah. and uh, he said that's what i did i said i'm a musician and i stopped being a lumberjack i said really that's all you got it i said i don't have any training i don't even have a goddamn camera and he said don't matter man you got the eye you got the eye yeah. as long as you got the eye you got what you need he said just jump in it's okay yeah. just jump in. i did that was 73 that was uh you know well, we're going on almost 50 years now and it's worked out great that's and uh, never did anything else and never really wanted to it's just my way to I can uh, express myself and create and, and uh, pass on my consciousness in a, for, in a tangible form to other people. And yeah, I feel like that's the only way to do anything. It's just jump in with both feet. Jump in with both figure feet. Figure it out. That's right. Figure it out. Especially in photography in a town like this. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's a word of mouth town. And, you right. know, once you put yourself out there, you know, I think if you're, if you're shaking hands and meeting people eye to eye, it has a way of taking care of itself. And Must be present to win. Definitely. It's one, of the, it's one of the things that once, once I learned that, <laughs> I became more successful. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I don't have to be that present, mainly because I'm in my 70s and don't feel like getting out that much. Yeah. But uh, when I am, I'm fully engaged. Definitely. Uh, so, you know. I think that's important. It is. There's something about, you know, especially my generation where people are always living in that, that next thing. You know, they're always looking forward. I had, I had a buddy that just went out to. Uh, that's American. Definitely. That's an American yeah, characteristic. So. It's not a, It's not that way everywhere. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I noticed that um, in Japan and a lot of the countries I visited, um, if they hadn't been too influenced by, you know, Western society and culture, it's, there was a lot of replicating almost the way that we do our day-to-day. But, yeah, I mean, coming home, you know, I, I saw that, that, you know, there isn't, this town is a lot more fast-paced than it used to be. Let's just say I'll that. say. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, as I, as I look back and, and read and study and about, you know, what made the 70s so pivotal for this city, you know, I think, like, I hope that there's a second coming, you know, because really people need to enjoy what people worked so hard for to create you know the social culture that austin is before yeah. it's just pushed it is out different than any months. place it's sure. different than any place and yeah. uh i've uh, i moved here in 70 uh the, the month the armadillo opened and <laughs> after that i spent most of my evenings there for the next three or four years it seems like uh and largely dancing the nights away an unair conditioned hulk of a building with to the some of the best music it ever was ever was yeah so this this it, this the whole scene came together organically it wasn't planned or anything. It's just, uh, well, for one thing, if you were in Texas in the early 70s, you know, there's a good chance you were going to get beat up or something if you were different. I mean, it was, yeah. weird. It was a very it's odd place. So this was the place where all the black sheep came and mm-hmm. without fear of getting beat up, really. Yeah, the word got out and like drew like, and, you know, the whole thing starts snowballing. That's, that's what I've noticed recently is, you know, everybody wants to talk about 
how much Austin's growing and how many people are moving here. And I'm like, well, this has been the case for yeah. as long as Austin's existed. You know, there was... This, everybody, everybody wants in on a good thing. Sure. That's the way yeah. it is. You know. And, it, you know, I think early on, you know, it seemed like you know, throughout the 60s and 70s, you know, all these surrounding, you know, small towns and where people flooded from. And, you know, now I see that almost happening on a national and global level where people are coming here attracted to the same thing, the same form of creativity and self-expression. And I think that's what really needs to be nurtured. And, and it's, uh, hey, it's, it's being nurtured as we speak. Yeah. As Rocky said, he told me once, I said, uh, let's see, Rocky, who'd you vote for? And he was sitting in the back seat and he had his arms folded and he says, I'm voting right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized it's one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard. Yes. We're all voting all the time with our feet, with our consciousness, with our being. Yeah. You know, in politics, we just, we call it just one day we go and we tell everybody, you know, as Rocky said, you know, we're all voting right now with our presence, everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one of those, you know, things that once you realize it, it just helps you uh, open up and understand things better. Anyway, yeah, that's how I saw it. That's that's I heard that recently as well. You know, you're voting with your dollar when you're going out, mm-hmm. you know, all true. the places you frequent. And, you know, I think that's why it's important to, you know, those of us that know the city well and what this city's been about is to point our finger at, you know, what you know, truly encapsulates Austin. And uh, I think that'll keep it alive. I like, I think it's the naturally the tolerance. I I Mm -hmm. call it the tolerance spirit for me. Uh, That's that you accept other people, you accept other things, you accept larger realities. You're just not all constrained and essentially intellectually constipated here. (laughs) People come to be unconstipated intellectually. So, you know, I mean, that's a funny way to look at it, but that's really, uh, and once people feel that they want, they want it too. Yeah. And it, you know, this town's growing and, and we're killing it. We're loving ourselves to death. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to be here and their very presence is, is pretty much following the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Musicians are being forced out, mm-hmm. but still, the spirit is still there. It's mm-hmm. taking other forms. So um, anyway, I'm, you know, it, it is a little bit depressing if you look at it, if you knew what it used to be like. But right. I like to think of it as what it's going to grow into, how it's going to be even better. And, I think uh, so, too. You know, yeah. that's I, I try to keep hopeful uh, about everything because uh, for one thing, it's more fun. Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, that, that's what's interesting about growing up here is that this was the environment that I was raised in. Lucky you. Know, it wasn't you. something that I just came <laughs> to, so it was a bit odd stepping out of that and then exploring the world and moving to other states and other countries. And you know, I, I left Austin without a shell at all because I thought everybody was. Just as friendly as yeah. we are here. It's a shock. Everybody isn't it? cared. It's what a you shock. Were about. And I was like, damn, I gotta. I, I gotta, have three sons, and they yeah, all tell me the put same my story. Armor on yeah, sometimes, right. you know, like not everybody has your best interest. No. Cares to hear how your day is going. No, they don't know? give a shit at that all. The pace is much different other places. But <laughs> I know it, it is. It's that way. Yeah. So I think today, like, I'd really like to focus on kind of that period you know 1970s yeah and and for those listening that i have a lot of listeners that are moving here and trying to find out what (laughs) austin's about when we say the name you know armadillo world headquarters they may not even know what we're talking about and i think some will and you know i think that's a you know something that okay well i'll I'll spin some tales about uh, the way it used to be and tell you You know, the feeling that was here, because, you know, it's extrapolated and it's still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it was like a lot more innocent. Yeah. And all of us uh, who were flocking here, we were all young. Mm-hmm. This was the greening of America thing. They wrote the, that book about, you know, a bunch, a bunch of hippies. A bunch of hippies came here is what happened. Uh, free thinkers, black sheep, like I said, people had been kicked out of their homes for various reasons. Uh, and so we got here and... Um, um, things happened organically. Uh, the armadillo was a big uh, hulk of a building, uh, a th- former armory or something. Anyway, it, yeah, uh, it was a National Guard, it, National Guard armory. It uh, it was just a huge building. It uh, was hot, it, unair conditioned. That's the <laughs> yeah. m- most remarkable thing, and unheated too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, t- what a what a what a place to start a club. But anyway, I think it, I've read lately that the. Uh, capacity was around 1500 seems like there were more in there and it had a beer garden at back it, it was a community center really there were other places other bars uh, i favored castle creek uh in the early 70s there were a few other and then soap creek uh, opened there were other places too but the armadillo was uh, you could get more people in there mm-hmm. and you get larger acts and uh, after a while the the momentum started uh, happening and it became the favored place to play for lots of really good acts who were just that 
who were just themselves starting. Uh, you know, people like Zappa. I mean, he'd been around a bit, but he loved it here. Springsteen played here all the time. He loved it here. It was, um, and then, of course, we had, a, uh, we had a local scene. When I first came here, the only, there were very few bands that lived here. Uh, and then <laughs> Greasy Wheels comes to mind. Uh, Sweet Mary, the, their fiddler. Uh, was you know she was everybody's sweetheart at the time, um, and then um, let's see we they, the armadillo had Jim Franklin like somebody called him a human mascot and he's the guy that uh, drew all the armadillos he's still drawing armadillos he's still alive yeah. and uh, and he has an irreverent spirit that's another thing about Austin is it's just irreverent mm-hmm. it doesn't take itself too seriously yeah uh, you know it tries to keep things lighthearted and uh, casual you know, exactly casual as possible not formal people want informal this is not your spot you <laughs> yeah. know. You, you can all get all dressed up. I've seen Drop people get all dressed up and go to a nice restaurant, and they get all pissed off because all the hippies are there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The they don't. They, wore, they don't get it, man. Yeah. You know, no. This is where you come uh, to not be dressed up. Uh, yeah. You can be fashionable in these in these ways, but you know, the whole thing has always been. You know, I'm not going to impress you with um, surf, superficial things. Right. If people are impressing each other with who they are. I think that I love that because it does away with the ego. You take you, know, you like, take the ego out of it, yes. and, and and if you learn, if you're evolved enough, you you flow into it. You you understand how it works. It's just you know you're not trying to bend everything to your will. Mm-hmm. You know you're trying to you're trying to surf the flow with all everybody else who's surfing the flow. And pretty soon everybody's looking around going, "Hey, we're all getting along. This is great." Yeah. And uh, you know it, it's a higher, I call it higher consciousness, but that sounds like you're being elitist, which I'm not. It's just an understanding of that life works better right. when uh, people are having fun essentially, yeah. and not being taking themselves too seriously. So in the Austin, it's all about that. I'd rather be here than anywhere. Yeah, I think the one thing that I noticed about, you know, Austin after I left and came home was, you know, one, the casualness, how it does away with ego because you never know who someone is. Really. No, you don't, because you know, they're all dressed like, the same. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, that guy's wearing the same T-shirt as me. I don't, I don't know what he does for a living. I don't care, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's interesting because... There's not all these senses of status by, you know, the car you drive, the watch you know wear, the clothes you wear, the name brand. Well, there's like, some people here. I mean, it's a community. It's, it's an, an, agglom- an agglomeration of yeah. uh, of various attitudes and various lifestyles and various tribes. But the larger overarching tribe is one that you know we like being with each other, and mm-hmm. we can I can accept the conservatives up in Northwest Hills or you know wherever the moneyed people. You yeah. know, I can I can I can tolerate the fact they're around. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that always blew my buddies' minds in the Navy is when I would describe the diversity that you would find in a bar uh-huh. you know and like just how everyone's accepted everybody's drinking lone star and getting along or if they're not it's yeah, okay right. <laughs> and, you know, there's uh, no fights over pearl versus lone star or right. that crap. anyway and uh but you know the other thing that sticks out to me is the the amount of green space and nature that is threaded into this town you know and how accessible that is you know with the green belt and town mm-hmm. lake mm-hmm. and you know, just as much you can find someone slinging up a hammock on a Tuesday. What you have here is you have people that their, their values are solid. Mm-hmm. And when I said their values are solid, it means that they understand nature's, you know, part Essential. of the divine right here, ready for us to, you know, absorb, ready for us to interact with. And uh, when you're in a community of people, excuse me, they feel that way. Yeah. This bubbly water is making. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It'll do it too. Uh, so um, anyway, you go ahead and talk. I just took away your train of thought. No, yeah, no, I think uh, I love myself like reading about the 70s and i could sit here and act like i know about it all day because i've read books and studied songs and heard stories but i'd really like to get your take on it well first okay let me just tell you an aside i'm I'm working on a book uh of everything i shot in the 70s um and i started shooting pretty much in 73 i was here before that but uh, didn't even have a camera uh i went to the armadillo but i I, uh, would shoot slides because i didn't have a dark room i hadn't taught myself any of the darkroom stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I got interested. Uh, so from the Armadillo, there were also other clubs, especially Castle Creek. And mm-hmm. so Castle Creek was a listening club. The building still exists. It's right next to the Chili Parlor across the alley. Uh, mm-hmm. Chili Parlor's on, uh, what is it, uh, Lavaca in, um, right, in 14th. But anyway, there's a little alley in between there and where Castle Creek used to be. A listening club of, I guess, uh, a couple hundred maybe, Man, 225 something great place folk club they were on the folk circuit uh and so i was really drawn to them to there uh, because for one thing uh my wife and i at the time uh 
the mother of my kids, Mary, uh, we uh, were part of that crowd. We were, we just liked those people. They were friends of ours. And we're still friends with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that grew into uh, one of the owners, um, after he took a sabbatical and went on the road with Willie, uh, Tim O'Connor, uh, one of the owners um, later on went on to open the Austin Opera House oh, yeah. in 77. And uh, so when he opened the Austin Opera House, um, he was, the Armadillo had a, like a, uh, they had a collection of uh, artists, mm-hmm. and they called it Show Enough Studios, and it was a bunch of really good artists, poster artists mainly, um, and you know they had creative types there. Well, well, Tim saw that he wanted something like that, so he approached me and he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get same thing Armadillo has. Get the artists in here, and and I want you to put your dark room in here." And I went, "Well, all right, yeah, I'll do that." So mm-hmm. I put my dark room in the in the back of the opera house, starting, and it opened in '77. And uh, so I was the house, the house photographer, which meant I get, got to do whatever I wanted to from 77 on to, I don't know, the, the scene went, started going away in the 80s. But uh, I was in there uh, and had my darkroom in the building. And that's where I got my, really got my start, mm-hmm. uh, amassed all kinds of uh, images that I still am on my best. Yeah. Um, can I tell my website so people can see them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll share it as ScottNewtonPhotography.com. Well. That's my website. And it's mainly the 70s, 80s, whatever. And I went on uh, in 79. I started working uh, as the still photographer for Austin City Limits, mm-hmm. uh, the TV show. Not, right. Not <laughs> people, it's so funny. Anyway. That started early 90s? Yeah. No, I started shooting for them in 79. Oh, 79. Yeah, in season five. So wow. I missed the first four years. We're now going into season 48. I'm yeah, still doing the show. So I've been doing it for 44 years. And that was after the Opera House and all that stuff that went on in the 70s. So Longest standing music program right period in the world yep yeah we are and uh it's been a great it's been a joy to do that some of those shows just well they're they're the best uh the fact that i was there with a camera in my hand yeah the only guy with a camera in his hand uh, it's just, well, anyway, there's been a lot of books we've put out about that. And yeah, people I can tell you how many themselves. times I've watched that Stevie Ray Vaughan show. That's uh, Stevie. He, yeah. Oh, man, it still breaks my heart. I know Because uh, he, uh, he was touched with the divine. Yeah. The muse ran through him. The muse ran through all musicians in the end. I mean, music uh, is the sound the, muse, the muses make is the literal definition of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Greeks who invented the word thought that... Um, uh, you couldn't be creative unless the muse was speaking through you. Mm-hmm. If you congratulated them for a fine performance, they go, oh, it's not me, it's my muse, and they'd mm-hmm. mean it. They really thought that. So to them, uh, 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 muses were semi-divine and um, obviously uh, uh, invisible to most of us, but uh, the Greeks pretty much thought that you know most people, uh, or some people more than others, could commun- commune. The muse would communicate through them. Mm-hmm. That's where creativity came from. In the case of music, uh, literally, that's the sound the muses make coming through somebody else. So uh, anyway, so that was their that. attitude. Yeah, uh, to them, uh, all creativity came from another place, a more divine place. Human beings mm-hmm. didn't have the capability by themselves. That's not our attitude. That's yeah. a whole different way. Okay, so in the early 70s, I was going to UT, and I studied ancient Greek. So I really got yeah. into learning about the, uh, No, I love that philosophy. I've heard uh, a lot I mean, I do too. And so philosophy. as I was learning ancient Greek, I was shooting people at the Armadillo, and I could see it. I could see when the muse was talking through them. I couldn't see the muse herself, but I could see the, the artist, the musician, you know, uh, I could see that it was powered by something else, mm-hmm. and um, I could feel it and see it. So anyway, I could when I took a picture, when I saw it and showed it to other people, they oh that's a great picture. Yeah. Well, I was just you know I was just that's when I could that. see the muse. I mean, every time you push it, you don't always get it, but you get better at it. That's by truly being present. That's by tr- well, yes, that's uh, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the, okay, a part of being a photographer is there's a new truth every moment. Mm-hmm. And you, you need to be aware that it can pivot and change totally. Oftentimes, the truth just, you know, hums along. It's the same truth. But one of the things you learn, especially in perf- with performance or with people, the whole thing can pivot. You have to have your antenna up. You have to be absolutely and totally aware of, of what's going on. In order to be a good photographer, at least the kind of photography I do, mm-hmm. there are others who do landscape and stuff. But even that, there's spirit out there, man. Yeah. And if you can see it uh, and, and show it to other people, I mean, you don't ever see the actual spirit, but you see its you see its effects. Mm-hmm. You can show what uh, what effect it has on all the things around it, and when you when you can show that, then that that's one of the things that makes a great photograph as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of what I'm doing is I'm shooting invisible spirit clothed in reality, clothed yeah. in appearance, clothed in you know actual stuff, right. and so I mean you have to infer uh, the spirit that's underneath there that I'm trying to convey, and that's how I see it. 
that's that's what I noticed about when I look in is you know that era of you know 70s 80s 90s even Stevie Ray Vaughan era like there was such authentic style yeah of how people express themselves and how they showed up and I see that coming back you know with artists here it never left here man. it it just takes different forms but there are so many people coming here even though the fact the rents are driving out many musicians there's still the creativity it's a creative center for mm-hmm. the country, and, and uh, I don't see it stopping. I just see it accruing. Yeah. That's and, why I love interacting on this level with creatives is because I know that's where really the true change is driven here in this city. You know, that's, you know, even up to a political level. You know, I want to go back to Austin's Hippie Council, you know, in that era of, you know, when that shift really started to change and and how – you know, the hippies and the cowboys came together, you know, and they really started to be. Well, they're still, you know, in spite of themselves, they still are coming together in this place. Oh, I and, love it. And part, yeah. of the, part of the rest of the nation, not so much. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but here, yeah, it's still happening. And it, boy, it pisses off the Republicans. <laughs> yeah. There's a Cody Jinx song. He's a country artist now. And yeah. He's got a song called Hippies and the Cowboys. And huh. I, I used to listen to that song on repeat when I was on deployment uh-huh. or overseas because it just reminded me of home and. And uh, well, I was here then. That. I was here when Willie played. The, I was I was there when Willie played the Armadillo. Yeah. And how concerned everybody was before that. Yeah. Oh shit! Hope there's not fights. Yeah. Because when, you know you could go to places not far from here and get in a fight real easy just by walking in with your hair hanging down to your right. shoulder. You know. Well, that I mean, was when Willie had shorter hair, right? Before well, yeah. he started growing. When he got uh, when he got he started growing <laughs> his hair right away. Yeah. I can show you I can show you pictures of how fast it grew. Yeah. <laughs> in seventy three I saw him at Big G's with short hair. In the, the start of the picnic in seventy four, uh you know, it was already it's shoulder growing, length. Yeah. Not not he wasn't looking back or going yeah. back. Yeah. And anyway, Willie was the perfect uh it's almost an allegory really of how he came here and changed stuff. He it wasn't changing it so much. He just saw you know what was happening and got in front of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh there's my people, I must jump I must get in front of them. Yeah. You know, the, the old joke. Um but uh the thing about him is uh, Willie is, is actually uh, he's not trying to do anything except for just play music mm-hmm. and just you know uh, let uh, let, let that spirit run through him and yeah. um, it's so attri- and he's part of why Austin's Austin because yeah. people because uh, this is where Willie Nelson's chosen to live. I mean, right now, geez, geez Louise, we got the richest guy in the world decided this is where he wants to live. I'm not sure it's yeah. a good thing, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can see why he came here. Yeah. Same reason all the rest of us did. It's a fun place to be. Definitely. You know, and there's not a lot of people trying to get you or kill you or whatever. I mean, well, maybe on the highway, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Austin country. was, the reason we're, Austin is here is this is the old Chisholm Trail. This is the old southern uh, bison herd migration route. Yeah. And they it was right on the hill country with all the springs coming down. And so they, they uh, trampled. The reason I-35 is here, it's the old, it's the old uh, Buffalo Trail. You can still see remnants. You go up to Round Rock and uh, Brushy Creek, you can see where the wagons, you know, uh, wore grooves. Their, their, iron, their iron or wooden uh, wheels wore grooves in the creek bed. Um, yeah. You know, this is, uh, this is a route, but shit, that was, uh, oh, golly, 1820s, 1830s, 1840s, 1850s. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking that. We're talking uh, not even 200 years ago. No, just yeah. think, just project 200 years from now. Yeah, I right. went to, I went to Wimberley yesterday, and I could not believe it. I, I used to have, I've been here 50 years, 52, somewhere. I just could not believe how it's filling in. I know. And it's not stopping. No. And um, I guess I welcome it. Yeah. As long as the people yeah. are nice yeah. and they understand what Austin's all about. Yeah. This is not Dallas. Yeah. This is not Houston. Mm-hmm. This is not even San Antonio. This is Austin. It's different. Yeah. So, it's you know, if it's not L.A., it's, not LA. it's <laughs> definitely not L.A. It, you know, it, it likes to think that it's, you know, some sort of Texas, San Francisco. And it's in that direction. Mm-hmm. But it's really just a unique place. Um, the core of it is anyway. And um, I just don't I feel like I'm being a booster here talking about what a great place. Hey, y'all come. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting smothered. Y'all stay away for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway, whatever. You know, people got to do what they're going to do. And, the, and the, like draws like and, and uh, everybody wants in on the good thing. Yeah. And here they come. You know, whether, like it or not, here they come. That's what I've heard is that Austin has doubled in size at least every 25 years. That's since about it right. Was founded. Well, let's see. When I moved here, there was 225 and 70. Yeah. 225,000. That's insane. And now there's a million. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can, I mean, we, it, the rate, I think, it reduces down to something like 22% a year on average, yeah, which is faster than any place, except for a while it was Las Vegas, but, you know, they've shrunk again. So I'm sure that we're the fastest growing large city. And I'm not sure that's something that's great or not. It's just an effect. It's the effect of 
pretty cool place to be. Right. Yes, that authenticity and feeling and vibe that the music is a large part of that and uh so we anyway let's get back to that Uh, one of the things i learned when i was studying greek history was uh this golden ages and the golden ages are you typically i mean typically they're when a new art form or a new city has a it's full of energy and it's exploring um um, new new venues putting together you know a lot it's putting together lots of different things from different places, and there's an energy associated with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and the more I think about it, I think the golden age of Austin was the 70s, 70s to about 80 or so. It just exploded. And um, the, the, and we're still, that's our cultural history. We're still referring back to it in so many places. And um, before that, there really wasn't much music here. Right. And at the, at the end of that, there was a lot of music here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what happened? And what happened was uh, all the kids got here. Mm-hmm. And they all wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. Not, and we're not talking about it. Nobody's writing manifestos. But you know, essentially, what people are doing is uh, figuring out how to what this new age is going to be like. What are we? Yeah. You know, how's it going to be? How's it, how are we going to make things better? And they're writing things like the greening of America and all that. But we took that stuff seriously. Yeah. And uh, we were really looking at you know we you know we are going to change the world. And, we were the boomers that um, were idealistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other pockets of it, too. Madison, Wisconsin was like that. Seattle's like that. You know, you could go all across the country and point to places where it conglom- conglomerated. But uh, Austin was a, just a small to medium-sized city, and it was just really uh, nothing all that special about it. And for somehow it became, at the end of those 10 years, there was a lot special about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, for example, touring, people's touring, playing the Armadillo, playing any place, they were all talking to each other. Man, yeah. Austin, that's that's yeah. where you want to go. Yeah. And then um, there was a lot of backup. I mean, Leonard Cohen got his uh, backup band here when he was passing through, Passenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of those guys are, well, Leonard's dead, but, <laughs> but uh, for long, they were with him for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just an example that I, something yeah. I knew about. Um, and so um, I'm sure hoping that uh, with the property values going up that the musicians can find a way to still be here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of people that want that scene to, to stay and to grow, and I think they're they're doing the hard work that it takes to get there. Um, the other... You know, something that you said was that, you know, you were the boomers that were idealistic. And I think there were a bunch of us that were. You yeah, know, and, I love that. On the whole, boomers are, you know, if it turned out you look back, Trump is a boomer, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. He's one of the first. You know, that's not idealistic. That's right. the opposite. Mm-hmm. So we came through with, you know, a whole range of characters that manifested that spirit in various ways. But the ones that came to Austin uh, were a bunch of idealistic hippies for the most part mm-hmm. who believed in uh, the environment and believed in uh, consciousness and, uh, you know, accruing consciousness and, you know, better places to be. And they weren't... Uh, um, they were hippy dippy, all right, but they weren't um, lost in it. Yeah, it wasn't uh, their vocabulary. Right. They just they didn't. Not. It's yeah. hard to be too radical in Texas. Yeah, you know, vocabulary was still Texan, but right. the attitude and, right. and minds were right, and boring, attitude especially. Boring, so yeah. you marry all that together, and you've got a unique creature. Mm-hmm. You know, which yeah. we our motto. I mean, our mascot, of course, was the armadillo. That's I how still, we saw I still try to embody it. You know, sometimes I feel like I was born in the wrong era because I feel so inspired by that idealistic way and optimistic way of showing up and say, hey, look, like if there's something I want in this world, let's create it. Let's get it. Let's Let's get it on. And, you know, something I see in this area are the attitudes of people is anything worth doing to them, they need to see the return. They need to be validated in their efforts. And it's like, well, you know, if, if there's something you want, or you want to enjoy it? Why isn't that just enough anymore? Is it that right? The, yeah, the journey is the reward, dude. Sure. You know, yeah, and, and the people here get that. Yeah, you know, they get it. Like, yeah, you know, it's what so. you're doing today to get to wherever it is you want to be. Right. That's really what's important. Not necessarily important. what you're going to get out of it. That's right. It's no, and it's not a zero sum game. Yeah. You know, life is what you, what you put into it. You know, what kind of a cruise back? Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not a direct. In the end, the love you give, love you take is equal to the love you make. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of that, but you know, karma's not always direct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not always instant either. Right. So you got to understand the long run. Yeah. And um, you know, that takes a certain awareness that this country's not built on. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's something that's helped me is that like, there's no sense in acting in this like reciprocal type of fashion where you you do something and you expect a return from this direct line. You know, like our cultures. You, you work harder in your right. career and right. you get rewarded in your career you work hard in your relationship and your relationship's better it's like well 
if you're just trying, if you're just doing things to be a better person and create the life that you want, it right. usually comes back, but it may not be linear. Well, it may not be immediate. Right. <laughs> yeah. no, no, the reward is, you know, the attitude. Yeah. Uh, that attitude is, uh, you know, just accept being accepting and just working toward what you want. And you, you learn how to manifest things. You know, you, you, okay, the law of manifestation that I've learned is mm-hmm. you know, visualize it, verbalize it, work for it, and then give it up to the larger, larger thing. Don't worry about the details. Just, you know, so... You can manifest anything if you just, you know, approach it. That's yeah. an old Dale Carnegie thing and a, a spiritual thing out of <laughs> Hindu philosophy. But anyway, yeah. um, uh, I put together a lot of stuff for my whole life, and this is a place where, this is an eclectic place mm-hmm. where people come and put together, you know, the best of what they know. Yeah. And there's a lot of smart people here who know a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially, you know, now, I, I'm looking around at what's, what's coming at us from just moving from California to here. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just, you can feel it in the air, the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the place to be. Yeah. If I were uh, 20 years old, 25 years old, I'd just have to be here. Yep. Uh, I don't, I can't see another place like it in, the, in this country. Oh, anyway. I'm seeing it. Yeah, I'm getting phone calls every day. Is and, that right? You know, it's like people calling me and say, hey, you know, like, thinking about changing it up and moving to Austin. And I'm like, well, once you visit, you're done. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, find a place well to live, just, though. You, you might know, as hard. well just move here, you know. But yeah. I was I was talking to my mom not too long ago, and, you know, I was like, I was down on Congress, and I noticed all these people just kind of like this eyes wide and kind of like jaw open approach to Congress, you know. Like, yeah. wow, what is this place? You know, <laughs> and I, I realized there was a difference, and, I used to see those people growing up and I would say, all right, yeah, they must be, you know, tourists, you know, they're just here for the weekend. And Not always. I'd, us- I'd usually, you know, we'd talk to them. You know, oftentimes them it's, it's people who, uh, who just haven't been to town in a while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I noticed. I was like, well, you know, like. These used to be tourists, not anymore. Not they anymore. just moved here, yeah. and they're leaving. They're, they're not leaving. Not leaving. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I love to see that that Congress is still, you know, pumping out, you know, music and you know, really encapsulating that kind of authentic style of fashion and food. And yeah, it's a great. All that, place. yeah, it's yeah. really become a, a food destination. It has, I've, yeah. I've come to understand. Yeah. Um, hmm. As long as, as far as I'm concerned, as long. As Still there, I'm okay. Right. Because I, I I can go dance on Friday nights to you know with my crowd. Yeah. And uh, oh my God, there's nothing like it anywhere. I'm sure. No. And yeah. I, I probably shouldn't have said that just because everybody will show Here we up. Go now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, you know, we'll beep it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, take them uh, on a Friday night. Oh my God, it's so much fun. Yeah. Anyway, and just like the armadillo was in the early '70s, it's just that much fun. It's just everybody comes looking for to smile, dance, be happy. Yeah, mingle all that. The pandemic's put a big slug on everybody, but it's gonna. You know, I hope we're through this, and because we get through it, boy, it's gonna be fun in this town. I know it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, myself included, that are just excited to be out, but they're also have a new awareness to just what type of environments you're able to, you know, raise your consciousness, sustain your energy, mm-hmm. and ha- mm-hmm. still have a good time it, it, well, yeah. know, by who you meet, who you're inspired by, right? and continue in that cycle of, you know, finding inspiration. We've reached critical mass, it. man. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it's just mm-hmm. the best way I know how to say it. It's just now the explosion is not really controllable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I uh, hope it stays in a, you know, good like it has been for the last 50 years. Sure. Because it could, you know, it... It could, uh, you know, we could get smothered by people with the wrong consciousness coming here to all of a sudden try to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's they're why they're here. Oh, that's and happening it, for sure. Well, I'm sure that's yeah. happening, but money and nothing else is what I'm talking yeah. about. I if you want that, you know, there's big cities to go to better than this Yeah, one. and I, I think in the end, I think I, what I know to be true here is that authenticity reigns, you know, yeah. and it's, that's right. it, that's right. I'm not too worried about... <laughs> you know, new money coming here and trying to change it. And, you know, I have friends that have lived in California or Vegas or New York, and they're like, man, like, we really need, you know, some clubs like Vegas has here. You know, I'm like, why? You know, like, (laughs) go to Vegas. No, 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 Move back to Vegas. This is not the place for that. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm like, why would you say that about a city? Like, That's an obscenity. Don't say that. (laughs) Yeah, really. You know, just go back to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I think, you know, I, what what I've seen is that, you know, a lot more people are frequenting the east side now. The east side has opened up, and uh, yeah. there are no more black people here, really. I mean, they're all moving out. I mean, yeah. this is not, this is the one thing that I'm looking at that's not as good as, when I moved here, I think it was, 
blacks were still close to 20% of the population. Now they're like 8%. Yeah, they're and it's going down. And if, you, if you're a black person, there's not a lot for you to do here. Houston mm-hmm. is just over the hill. Right. You know? And um, and that's what's happening mostly. The young ones are not not staying here, and that's too bad. Uh, we need that diversity. We need black people. As far as I'm concerned, without black people, uh, we're, America is not as nearly as good a place. Yeah, no, I've um, I've got some good friends that you know are doing some really really important stuff for the black mm-hmm. community here, mm-hmm. and and it, it's so important that the black history and art is represented here because <laughs> it is such a small portion of our population. I got a, a friend named Steve Hatchett and Rudy Devino, and they work for um, Black Art Weekend, and they've been doing all these art shows mm-hmm. right. and, and just putting some amazing productions together that are really doing a great job of encapsulating that. They're they're leading that charge and mm-hmm. saying, you know, hey, we need to, you know, represent these guys and and you know, amplify their voices and yep. make sure that people just it's feel all true. welcome here. You know, it's I think all true. that's what I love about Austin is that, you know, once you get out, you have a place here. You know, and right. and I think that's important that everyone feels accepted and, you know, has a place to go and to not draw those lines. That's you know, I've noticed about other places that I've lived or been, it's you know, there's a lot more lines in the sand. Of, you can go anywhere in yeah, Austin. You yeah, can go definitely. anywhere. You really can. Yeah. Anybody can go anywhere. I had a, a friend who, who was born here. His name was Pussycat. That's it. Everybody knew him. But he was Hispanic. And he was... Uh, he was on the birth certificate? Yeah. And, and, well, his real name was Manuel Conde Jr. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, he was... Uh, anyway, he became one of my best friends. He was my roommate for about, oh, I don't know, five years. And... Uh, my girlfriend, who later became my wife, the three of us all, you know, shared a house. And he taught me a lot about Hispanic culture. He taught me how to cook a cabrito. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, how to cook, how to make an earthen oven. I mean, stuff like that. But anyway, he knew the east side. He took me all around and showed me all that stuff. That's the kind of thing that that cultural pollination yeah. was waiting here then. And it's still going on, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not getting out as like I used to. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had my triple bypass and my total knee replacement and yeah. <laughs> my colon resect you know i mean you know it's just like i'm not young i know I, I don't run anymore every day it's five mm-hmm. miles like i did all this <laughs> anyway yeah. all that being said i don't see it like a young person would see it like mm-hmm. uh, somebody just moving here would see it uh i'm ensconced i got my my house on the hill in south austin uh, my dream uh, mm-hmm. it's all paid for yeah. <laughs> all i gotta do is pay my taxes which right. are outrageous property taxes anyway yeah so ask me a question about the 70s. Let's get back there. Yeah. Well, I think what I noticed about these eras, you know, especially even still when I was growing up, is that Austin had such a strong unified identity. Even yep. extending, True. you know, into the hill country and True. surrounding Austin. It True. Was, it was just Austin. True. And then, you know, we started labeling the city as so many things, including, you know, the music capital of the world. And now it's just live like, music. Yeah, yeah, live music. Not, not the live music, right. but live music. Yeah, and, and it might, might even still, I don't know about still with the pandemic, but sure. largely true. Yeah. People here like like their live music and they yeah. support it. So, yeah, definitely. Yep. And then, you know, now I see this big influx of tech moving in. Yep. And I see that identity becoming less and less clear where people want to define it as one or the other. And I just, <clears throat> I miss the days where it was just Austin. You know, and everybody that was involved, no matter what you did, just, you know. We're going to have to fight to keep that. But you know what? There's a lot of us fighting. Mm -hmm. We're fighting that fight. Uh, Just, you know, not putting up with pretense. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one thing Austinites will do, they will laugh at people who are, you know, taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. And uh, and then still with that irreverent attitude is part Mm -hmm. of part of Austin. It's part of the best part. And um, that's one of the reasons I still love living in this town, Mm -hmm. even though it's all congested and shit. But yeah, <laughs> no, it definitely still exists. Yeah, so moving forward um, from the 70s, your photography career really started to take off. I mean, I've looked at your portfolio and just the amount of people that you got to shoot and meet and interact with. I put myself on the pipeline. So I figured out yeah. what the point was, how, how, right. how to get as many great art, how, how to cover it. Mm-hmm. And without, with the least amount of, you know, hassle and effort mm-hmm. because it's, it can grind you down. Right. Uh, trying to main, trying to get access in a place where you don't have it mm-hmm. is is exhausting. Yeah. So what I did was I found a place where I had access and just mm-hmm. sat there and let them come to me. Yeah. As, as the still photographer at Austin City Limits, and um, just shoot everybody that comes through. And I shoot everything. I don't have to shoot the first three songs. I shoot all the way through because they don't have publicity shots if I don't shoot. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so so I'm, I've got that exception. No other that I know of photographers can uh, sh- shoot all every show from start to finish that. 
you know, that a particular venue, venue does. Mm -hmm. All um, management of artists puts constraints on it. They want to control the images. They want to make sure that, you know, they uh, only good photography, only good images are being cranked out. Mm -hmm. they know. And it's part of what they do. Uh, so anyway, I don't, I don't have to do that. I've been grandfathered in, so to speak. Right. And, uh, and I work on a show where, anyway, where I'm the only guy. So, yeah. uh, so I've had a privileged position. And I, I know that. And I, I treat it very seriously. Uh, uh, if I screw that job up, well, I won't ever get it again. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I've already got 44 years in it. I, I want to do a few more before, yeah. before I hang it up. It's amazing. Yeah. How are they doing over there at Austin City Limits? Uh, well, you know, you're talking about a whole different thing. KLRU is moving, and they've been moving, and they, they really got caught by that uh, freeze that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, they were moving into Highland Mall, and uh, the freeze caught the pipes that were unprotected and so okay. destroyed everything they had moved in already. And they're, I don't know. I really don't have any information on where they are on the recovery and all that, but I do know they really uh, sustained a big hit. Mm -hmm. um, that's KLRU. Austin City Limits, we're uh, in the building over there at the Moody, um, mm -hmm. Moody Theater, and um, uh, we have, uh, I guess, the KLRU has, I say we, I feel like I'm part of them, but I'm not. I'm just an independent contractor who gets hired every year, mm -hmm. rehired every year for number of years but anyway um they uh what's going on in the moody is just fine we've built mm -hmm. our we were in on building that thing we crafted it for us uh and of course uh acl live which is a totally different production company uh for profit and every other thing uh, associated with stratus at least it was they i think they just sold it I, I, I'd be talking out of school if I talk anything about that deal because I don't know anything about it really. Mm. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, all that being said, um, that is state of the art. That's the best place to go see a show that I know of. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Uh, you know, and maybe uh, there were other places that were much smaller, like coffee, you know, coffee house kind of places where I like Castle Creek, seeing Little Feet, that was can't be beat. But uh, for a, going to see a great show with, um, you know, what is it, 2,700 other people? I. Whatever, whatever it is, I mean, there's, I think there's only one seat in the house that's behind a pillar. I mean, it's the most amazing place. It's all stacked up. It reminds me of, um, uh, where did Shakespeare, the Globe Theater, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, all stacked up with balconies. And it kind of reminded me of that. But anyway, uh, uh, we were in on designing it. And uh, yeah. we've got ourselves a, a really great hall. And, uh, and there's enough critical mass there that in the old studio when we were uh, at KLRU, with it only seated it only seated 300 and it was real small and a lot of the the donors that were in there you know that helped power the the show uh would get tickets and but you know these are business people and they would have to leave early and so if it was a it was a double taping you know the second taping it might it might be john prine but half the audience had already left because their babysitters had to get home you know it was, yeah. that, it was that kind of thing so we don't have those problems now mm -hmm. now we're in a much bigger place so if somebody's got to go home there's enough people to cover for it yeah uh so anyway now uh, when somebody puts on a great performance there's a <laughs> The people, you know, any performance is a two-way street. You've got the audience and you've got the performer. And you get the energy flowing back and forth. So, you know, the audience really impacts what the, it, yeah. what the artist can do. Uh, yeah. And um, so with a big hall, it's, it's better for yeah. as far as... Uh, so we're laying down at City Limits, we're laying down the, uh, the record for the, for the age as far as music. And uh, that's really what we're, we're immortalizing. Anybody who steps on that stage, because this mm -hmm. stuff, you know, what we that we're taping, and and for that matter, okay, there's uh, videotaping, there's audio taping, and then there's a photographer running around shooting pictures in a perfect situation. Mm -hmm. So there's three things going on at all times. I'm the photographer. I'm under. I'm way under the radar. Nobody's paying any attention to me. So therefore, mm -hmm. I get great stuff. Yeah. Nobody's got their defenses up. I'm able to, you know, step in there and just, you know, uh, illustrate that spirit the best I can. The shows, Austin City Limits itself, COVID is, you know, has been our problem. Mm -hmm. Last year, we got in a full season. Mm -hmm. uh, when we, 47, 46, we got in six shows is all we taped the whole year. Uh, and we just barely got those in. Uh, so that, that year was pretty much, you know, everybody was yeah. hunkered down. Uh, and But we got through it. And, um, and last year, we managed to get a whole season in. And I'm hoping that uh, with Omicron uh, not being as virulent, uh, we're able to do it again. We'll find out at the end of March when we fire up, we fire up uh, the new season. Yeah. And uh, I can't say who the first person is because she hadn't been confirmed. But if she plays, it would really be a big deal for me. Yeah. I would love it. So um, anyway, um, 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 
they're doing well uh, it, at the Moody. Austin City Limits is doing great. Um, Terry Lacuna, the producer, has hit his stride, the executive producer. He, he hired me 44 years ago, and, and it was his second year. <laughs> so uh, you know, the team has been together for a long time. Uh, and we're getting to do what we really want to do, which is, you know, record great acts f for immortal, for immortality. Yeah. And, um, you know, what higher art form could there be or, you know, for people doing video is sure. doing stuff that, you know, people are going to be watching thousands of years from now or yeah. hundreds anyway, or, or yeah. tens or maybe the next year. It doesn't really matter really all of it. You're just getting it down. Yeah. And, um, so they're doing well. Uh, Terry Lacona's, uh, hit his stride. I mean, he's still, he's healthy. Uh, Jeff uh, Peterson, uh, who's his second command guy. He's healthy. Uh, Emily Emily uh, uh, Balf, I forgot she changed her name, uh, is um, uh, doing great. She's the digital person, and she's the person that I deliver my assets to as part of the workflow. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, David Huff, the sound guy, he's still there. He was he was there on day one. He's done all 48. He will have done all 48 years. Wow. I mean, he's the reason, really, that Austin City Limits uh, took off with the musicians. Mm -hmm. you should, uh, I heard Willie in season five in the dressing room talking to all uh, the other musicians they were doing them. A, uh, one of those group things, songwriter things uh, that we do. Anyway, he was telling them all that the greatest sound he'd ever heard on a TV show, and that that's why he liked it so much. And yeah. Anyway, so they're doing great. And, yeah, City, City Limits is doing yeah. great. Uh, I, I wasn't even aware that, you know, things are changing so fast that if you don't pay attention, you turn around and, man, it just gobsmacks you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I've, been got, just, I've been gobsmacked a lot lately because, um, you know, if you just it become like, okay, well, the pandemic forced a lot of us in, 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 right. not just indoors, but, mm -hmm. you know, inward and um, not getting out as much, not relating as much, not seeing what the changes. And in Austin, Texas, when you do that, the changes are still happening mm -hmm. and they're still going on. They accrue so quickly. So uh, anyway, I just just totally startled. It's about every time I leave the house. I know it. So, you know, and it's fun if you like change. I do. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, I, do. I think that's the one thing that we have to keep coming back to is that as long as the spirit stays, stop. as long as the yeah. spirit stays consistent kind of like it is now mm -hmm. that's the only thing i if that changed i'd have to leave mm -hmm. but i don't see i don't see that happening. no i don't either and it, it it it's usually the people that have been here like a few years that are more negative about yeah it i know that, this negativity these people come in here complaining yeah. you know don't let the door hit you in the ass man I know it. go to the place that makes you happy if this ain't yeah. it find another one because well, there's a bunch of happy people who if you here. can't be happy here <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right know? pretty much that's the way i see it too you know and it's I've, I've moved a lot of times you know i've moved nine times in the last seven years all over the country and mm -hmm. world and and yeah, I mean, I had to adapt to different places, but this is the easiest place I've ever lived for quality of life and yep. you know, get yep. outside and be yep. healthy and have All that. fun and go inside and see your great music. And, yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If you had to give one bit of advice to anybody that is moving here, you know, coming here, what would that be as far oh, as boy. you know how to how to carry yourself or you know um, treat well, others? Well, uh, Austin is about open, tolerant, uh, fun. Uh, don't take yourself seriously. Don't get all puffed up. The advice is just to, you know, look around a little bit and see how everybody else is acting. And if you're not on the highway, it's going to be pretty good on the highway. You know, California has come here for sure. Mm -hmm. It's gotten cutthroat out there. But um, it, mainly because it's so congested. Uh, we're loving ourselves to death. Too, much, too many people. But anyway, all that being said, I understand why they're coming. And for anybody coming here, uh, just say don't take yourself too seriously and be open to uh, – to new experiences and um it's a fun place to be open up open yourself up to it and it's not just you know what's here that you can take you know come here thinking of what you can contribute you know what uh, what uh, what happy thing you can bring mm. uh so um anyway that's that's what i that was the spur of the moment yeah no answer. i love it that's that's been my home whole message here is you know you know ask yourself about you know, what type of life you want to live right. and how you can create it. Right. You know, put exactly right. work in. This is one of those places where you can create your life. Definitely. You can, right from scratch. If you come here with nothing, which which I did, yes. you and not even know what you're doing, not even knowing how you're going to make money. I was a janitor <laughs> for a while. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, going to school was what I was doing. Uh, anyway, it, it, God, it worked out great. Yeah. I just followed, you know, follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell, Campbell would say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is a place where you can follow your bliss. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not a place for takers. It's a place for uh, people who want to want to pitch in. Yeah, I've still uh, got a blue collar approach to the work. That that's right. And uh, if you okay, if you come to it with the attitude of um, uh, this is this is a place where there are lessons to be learned, and I want to learn them, you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, 
I agree. Working on a book about the 70s. Yeah. And uh, I don't have a publisher or anything, Can't but I've, got, I've taken the pictures. <laughs> yeah. So the main problem really is I have to write. I have to write. And lately I've found I'm really having a lot of fun writing. So I expect this That's book awesome. to be out within the year uh, where yeah. people can actually buy it. It'll be, uh, you'll see, it's all these great shots I've taken. Well, if you need a four word, let uh, me know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll probably ask Willie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I might myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to know Willie when, yeah. when I was at the opera. I knew him pretty well. Mm -hmm. But the last time I saw him, I said, hey, Willie. And he looked at me like he'd, he'd never seen me before. Oh, no. And so then I saw Mickey after that. I said, Mickey, you didn't even recognize me, man. And he goes, it's the pot, Scott. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of years. Wasn't you? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's true. But, you know, I don't yeah. take myself too seriously. Right. You know? Yeah. If you if you if you're measuring about you know how close to Willie you are, which people did in the '70s, that's how they you know that status was yeah. parceled out. How close to Willie are you? Uh, it's like Elon now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's happening again. Yeah. You know this whole Musk thing. It's interesting. I I really respect him. I listened to some. Uh, a graduation speech he gave uh, lately, and uh, mm -hmm. I really kind of admire this guy and the fact that he's come here and he's he's picked up on the fact that all this creativity is here. Just don't mm -hmm. ruin the place, right. Elon. Just please don't ruin the place. Yeah, Just, no, I think that a Tesla factory is going to be a pretty cool space. Yeah, I've been like, watching. I've been watching that too. Yeah, they're grown talking about building all the green space. Right, and right. Really building that area up. That's yeah, nice. Well, they're on the north side of the Colorado. They're on the south side. Uh, I think McKinney Ruffs is there. There's there's some interesting stuff there right on the other side of the river. Mm -hmm. that he. Picking southeast Travis County like that was like a pretty good spot. Yeah, for yeah. that thing. Yeah, now it's going to so. totally you know ruin the ecology. But he's going in saying he doesn't want to do that. So mm -hmm. let's just see what he can pull off. I think it's great having this guy here. Yeah, he's he, he knows how to get shit done. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to bring this innovative you know tech savvy. Type Lots of, of engineers are headed yeah, this way, and I think that's such a cool place to mix with you know aware people, conscious people right. that want to, you know, take right. care of the earth. And the, I think that know how to party and mix. dance and have yeah, fun. Yeah. Not, right. You know, it's not China where we're just thinking one, you know, forward on the tech side. It's like, I feel like we're the right now that we're the best facet America has going. We're, so we personify too. it. Austin, yeah. Texas. It's just, you know, the American spirit um, updated, mm -hmm. you know, modified, modified for now. Yeah. And uh, with all kinds of extra energy coming from all over the world. Yeah. So it's like a little lab, a big laboratory. It's not little at all. It's a big laboratory and it's uh, getting bigger fast. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot of disruption from that bigger fast. But on the whole. And if we can all just, you know, keep the right attitude and, and hopefully only let people here with the right attitude, yeah. you know, we can keep it. Eh, just invite the right one. It's the experiment. <laughs> you know, this is a great experiment that we're doing here in Austin. And mm -hmm. uh, I was glad to be part of it for 50 years and hope I can hang on for another few decades and yeah. get to watch it, you know, manifest further. Well, so think, anyway. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to create a lot of blueprints mm -hmm. you know on an infrastructure level and social level and well we're showing other people how, level, how to yeah. do it i mean a lot of like chambers of commerce and all that you know from mm -hmm. various cities come down here to see you know what, what's the secret right what's the secret sauce in austin texas and yeah. you know mainly well we had a university that really helped yeah because we got a bunch of young kids here uh, it, it, right when it counted uh, mm -hmm. early 70s late 60s there were a bunch of them that were, were here and uh, we uh, developed our own society, mm -hmm. and um, it's highly successful. Yeah. And I can see why other cities want to copy it. Yeah. The whole thing is based on, you know, trying to nurture the consciousness, mm -hmm. the, the higher consciousness. In other words, acceptance, tolerance, um, uh, reaching out, not not uh, condensing things, but expanding, expanding all of it. Anyway, um, there's so much that uh, there's a lot of people here that have that and have come here. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm repeating myself from things I'd said earlier. Um, it's just exciting. No, yeah. It's exciting. I'm excited as well. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. still excited talking yeah. about it. No, it's all good things. I think they're things that deserve to be repeated. Well, you know, I, one thing I, I do here, whenever I talk like this, I people, you know, I don't hear that much. I people say, and I just hear everybody complaining, and I go, well, that's too bad. Yeah. You know, I hope those people leave. That's my attitude. It's <laughs> like, well, you know, I came home, and, you know, I noticed that a lot of the narratives surrounding Austin had changed. Uh -huh. Very right. negative narratives. Yep. So it was, yep. you know, don't Dallas my Austin. Don't California my Austin. Right. Austin's not the same. And it's just like, 
why are why is that the most common narrative? Nothing well, stays like, the same. Well, it's just people were uncomfortable right. throughout the pandemic, and it was the easy thing to say. Yeah, and, and it was it, like, yeah. man, like one, you've been here three years. Austin <laughs> isn't done for. You no, know, like, it's not. These it's, are the good old days. Like, really, seriously, these are the yeah, good old days for somebody. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. for somebody, they go, oh, I came here in, in 22. You should have seen it then. I can just hear it. Yeah, just was, hear it. I was reading this book, uh, Indelible Austin, and, and he was saying that, you know, Austin was founded in 1839, and people have been saying it's not the same anymore since, Ever since. 1840. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's uh, true. Yeah. It's totally true. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and it was like, uh, I had that conversation with someone the other day, and she was talking about how she, you know, had visited her sister in 2005 when she was going to UT and how they had such a good time and how it's so sad that Austin's not the same anymore. And she was telling me this as, right after she, she found out that I was from Austin. And, you know, I could hear her tone was almost saying, like, just waiting for me to agree. Right. Well, and, yeah. You know, I started That's thinking the narrative. throughout the conversation. I was like, man, how many times has she had this conversation with people from Austin that haven't defended the point of view that Austin's still headed a good direction, you know, because, you know, I could tell she was just waiting for me to go. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. And she couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I was waiting for I, it. I, was I like, get All right, You done now? Like, I get impatient. <laughs> I get impatient. People can't accept change. Yeah, I do. Because, you know, it's the, it's the natural order. Yeah. Especially when you're in a good place. It's the natural order. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, get busy. Put a smile on your face and yeah. try to, you know, try to show show the people coming here how it's done. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then. Of course, it's not always successful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, hey, listen, we're now we're now a big city. Yeah, you know, we're in it's we're the well, we're the eleventh largest, getting ready to be past San Jose for num you know number ten as far as population. Every time I'm driving on Mopac headed over the river, you know, I look over at that skyline. I'm just like blown away. Isn't it amazing I mean, what's happened the last year compared to what that, it used to be? That Google building alone. I know. I mean, yeah, I I find it inspiring. It's beautiful. It's in yeah. uh, and then the Jenga building with all the you know different levels and shit. Mm. It's getting to be just a beautiful downtown. Yeah, I think they're doing a great job with it. I love how they're like. Everything's matching up pretty well. They're using a lot of the same materials and glass. And mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's really a beautiful well, they, What do they say? Uh, Dallas is uh, concrete and steel, and Austin is uh, wood and stone, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And, you now know, it's a lot, lot more glass. A lot more glass, yeah. You can see the stone, and um, a lot more those glass. are the, all the old buildings, or the stone buildings now. It's cool see yeah, that it is that's the old skyline you know if you can find them now so the skyline shot when you watch an austin city limits i took that shot yeah that that was based on and i'm real proud of that it's yeah, probably my most that's awesome know, anyway if i don't toot my own horn that that's where that came from nobody will know it but anyway um so that's a, taken from saint ed's so uh, you, yeah. when you and i live near saint ed's and i i occasionally drive through the campus you cannot see the tower or the capitol yeah. From St. Ed's no. anymore. That you no. know that that backdrop is is totally gone. Yeah, uh, and you know, Bank. okay, so so you know, I'm looking at something now that looks like a looks looks like fun to me from a distance. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty city from the air. Yeah, I've noticed taking off. You know, because you take off right over it if you're going anywhere west. Yeah, like Jesus, it's gotten big. Yeah, yeah. I know. So anyway, we're we're gonna we'll eventually have it get get bigger than Dallas. Yeah, maybe oh, not yeah. the metro area, but Dallas yeah. proper. Yeah. Uh, they're number eight, I think. And anyway, so um, Dallas has been doing some cool stuff too. They just put in. I haven't uh, been there in a long time. They, I went up there a few months ago, and they put in this um, park over the interstate. Uh huh. And they really? used like, I think it was like 15 layers of barrels, like full of water, mm -hmm. to dampen the sound mm -hmm. from the highway. Mm -hmm. And then it's just this open green park, and they had like a market and little cafe and everything. Just over the eight-lane highway. It's, it's going to take cool. a lot to change the attitude. that yeah. I I left Dallas in 1970. I mm -hmm. went to school there for a couple of years, uh, 68, 69. And uh, it's going to take a lot to, yeah. to change that attitude. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a, it's a really uh, zero-sum game mm -hmm. kind of place. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's either, either I have it or you have it. Yeah. It can't be both. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Who's who? And, uh, yeah. you know, that's not that's not Austin. No. <laughs> so, no, not. and I hope Dallas changes. I mean, I, I hear things that sounds like it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's voting Democratic. When I lived there, that, was, that would have been anathema. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, the whole world is changing, and uh, I just hope to stay near the front of it, uh, yep. surfing the wave with this, the rest that's of the right. people that decide to relocate here and, and uh, contribute their spirit to a bunch of people who 
want to have fun and uh, want want things to be uh, want things to be good for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So couldn't agree more, man. Well, right. thank you so much sure. for coming on, Scott. Yeah, sure. make sure y'all go My check out his portfolio and website, and we'll put that in the show notes. And I also want to thank our friend Tony Carroll here that introduced us Tony's my uh, buddy yeah and uh he's sitting here in studio with us today and um yeah it's an honor to to meet you it's an honor to meet you as well yeah I look forward to continuing this is fun you're easy to talk to thanks man you got got lots of intelligence in your eyes thank you sure all right brother thank you I want to personally thank y'all for tuning into the easy does it podcast if you would like to see this platform grow please subscribe and leave us a review as well as go share it with somebody that you know would find value in this content. I think it's the perfect way to welcome somebody to town and educate them on what this city has to offer, as well as what has made it so special. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them hit. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations, You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast.